Welcome pod. Welcome back in to TCM Pod. Chris and Spencer Mathis, glad that you guys have joined us once again as we get more into the NFL. Before we look forward to week 11 here, uh, starting this Thursday night, a very good AFC matchup, Spence. We want to kind of backtrack a little bit to what we saw in week 10, obviously with Monday night's game as the Buffalo Bills hosted the Denver Broncos. And, you know, coming into the season, we all probably thought, hey, Buffalo is going to run away with this one or they should run away with it considering Sean Payton's Denver Broncos gave up for, uh, 70, not 40, 70 points just a few weeks ago. And some way, somehow they bounced back. And you know what? We saw a firing earlier on Tuesday with uh, the offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey of the Buffalo Bills after Josh Allen had a bad outing and the offense had a bad outing uh, on Monday Night Football against the Denver Broncos. But Josh Allen now leads the league in interception, Spence. He's had an interception in six consecutive games. And on top of that, dating back to 2018, he's had the most games with three or more turnovers. He's had 10 or more, 10 games with three or more turnovers dating back to 2018. And I feel as if, you know, maybe this uh, Josh Allen turnover situation has been underlooked. I know his first couple of years he was slow, and then they had Brian Dayball, and he was able to help elevate him to the next level in year three. But at the end of the day, I think that these have always been problematic, these turnovers for Josh Allen. But the Bills have won games. This year, now that they're starting to lose games, I think it's getting more of negative connotation. The connotation, honestly, it deserves because if this were Jameis Winston and Jameis wasn't winning like he was here in Tampa Bay, you're talking about all these turnovers even dating back to last year. So I feel like maybe this has been kind of fabricated by the wins that the Buffalo Bills have had over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. At this point in his career, Josh Allen right now should have, if, if he is the elite talent that we thought he was, at least last year um, with their offensive coordinator that they did such a good job with in the year before that with Brian Dable. If he was exactly what people thought he was, which was a top three quarterback in the NFL heading into the season, I think the turnovers by now would have been eliminated. The thing is, is right now he's looking on the same career path as Jameis Winston. Obviously, he's not as many turnovers. But then again, I mean, the Bills are a good team, like you said. They're going to still win games. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're probably going to find their way in the playoffs at some point. And the good thing about Josh Allen is he's a very streaky quarterback. So if he can get something going, which I'm sure will happen down the stretch, they're going to be in the playoffs. Of course, I don't think that a, a quarterback that turns the ball over as many times as a guy like Josh Allen or Jameis Winston do, they're not going to win a Super Bowl unless you've got a great running game you've got a great defense. The Bills right now do not have a good running game, and their defense is badly injured. So badly injured that DeMar Hamlin played a couple of snaps last night. That shows you that Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are both dealing with injuries because on most teams, he's not on the 53-man roster. So for the Bills to give up 25 points to, to the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, like you said, they're a different team. Russell Wilson's top four in basically every statistical category right now, which is kind of crazy. But then again, he's also played an extra game than everybody. I think people forget that. But again, I mean, you you look at you look at the Broncos, and they're not up to par with the with the Buffalo Bills. They should not be a team beating the Bills. But the thing is, the Bills are not as good as they should be, and I think Josh Allen plays a big part in that. And right now, it's looking a lot like Jameis Winston over there in Buffalo. Again, a guy that is fun to watch and a guy that turns the ball over a lot, scores a lot. But this year, it just seems that he's not having all those flashy plays. It's mostly just turnovers that we're seeing again. Like every quarterback, though, tipped interceptions happen often for this guy. Same thing with Jameis Winston in his 30-30 season. At least 10 of those passes were tipped, but it doesn't matter. It's the stat sheet, and turnovers lose you games in the NFL. 
And right now that's basically all we're seeing out of Josh Allen, and it's really hurting their team. Five and five in the AFC. I mean, right now they're not sitting in a good spot to make the playoffs, especially in the division that they're in. So we'll see how this goes down the stretch. But, again, that conference is tough. And uh, right now they're looking like a fringe wild card team, and I don't know if it's going to get any better for them uh, based off of their next five games. And, again, next week they go up against the New York Jets defense, a team they should beat. But, again, they just lost to the Denver Broncos. Would they beat New York Jets? We don't know. And maybe Zach Wilson has a big game, and they fall to five and six, which would be a travesty for a, for a top-five quarterback in the NFL um, in Josh Allen, who has a pretty decent team around him and a great head coach. They shouldn't be five and five at this point in the season. I think he plays a big part in that. Yeah, no doubt. And looking at Josh Allen, his stats this year, 19 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions already. And it's just frustrating to see this. And we know that Josh Allen's a very talented guy. And I feel as if, you know, not necessarily on Monday night, but the weeks prior, they were trying to limit how many hits he took, how many times he ran the ball. And if you take that away, I'm not going to say he's average, but he, he's not he's not elite by any means. So you do need to have him running the football, which I never thought I'd say. I know he's obviously a freak athlete, and he's big, and he's quick for his size. Uh, but I was worried about him getting hurt. You can't limit that. You, you really just got to let him do that. We saw it on Monday night. He was able to scramble in for a touchdown there. And, you know, the Broncos had no answer for that. But, uh, you know, Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs in that situation, that relationship has been – on men's for a while now you see so many times that these teams are on pro uh, on prime time and Stefan Diggs is crybabying about not getting the ball or not scoring a touchdown and then his brother takes to Twitter on Monday night and says practically in a roundabout way get him out of uh, Buffalo which is baffling to me and, and I hate that that's the society of these pro athletes and unfortunately it's kind of become the narrative for most top tier wide receivers they're divas and even though this is not necessarily Stephon Diggs in this case, it's his brother Trayvon Diggs out of Dallas who's talking for him to social media and then also tweeted early Tuesday morning about, you know, get him out. Josh Allen wasn't balling before Stephon Diggs got to Buffalo. So, you know, it is frustrating to see. And uh, I would like to see them bounce back and try to figure things out. Now, one team that did bounce back here this weekend in week 10 on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finally snapped a four-game losing skit as Baker Mayfield got it done. I mean, he looked really good. He did have an interception early as he was trying to hit Trey Palmer down the seam, practically threw it in quadruple coverage, which is not a good decision to make no matter what. But the Buccaneers snapped the, the four-game losing skit. They haven't had a five-game losing skit since 2017. So it was obviously big for the Bucs. They beat the Tennessee Titans, but more importantly, they slowed down rookie quarterback Will Levis. The Bucs have had issues trying to slow down quarterbacks like that, rookie quarterbacks with not a lot of film at the NFL level. And they also held Derrick Henry to 24 yards on 11 carries, Spence, and they prevailed 20-6, to the final score. Yeah, go back to that picture real fast. I like that photo because it makes Baker Mayfield look like he's six foot six and he's towering over Mike Evans. He's a six-foot-tall quarterback, and the thing is, Baker Mayfield, a good game last week. He's had a pretty good season this year. It's just that the team hasn't been able to click on all cylinders in every single game, and the Texans game was the big one in that. I mean, the Buccaneers right now are 4-5. and five. They could be 5-4. and four. They could even be 6-3, and three. but at the same time, they could also be worse. But the games that they should have won, um, a lot of them have gotten away. The Atlanta Falcons game, they should have won. The Texans game, they should have won. Right now, if you're looking at the Buccaneers, a big victory versus the Tennessee Titans. I was hoping the offense put up more than 20 points against a pretty bad Titans team. Regardless, it's a victory for Tampa, and right now Baker Mayfield is looking at the most important game of his career against the San Francisco 49ers uh, on this Sunday because 
this could be a career game for Baker Mayfield, not in terms of, of numbers he puts up, but if they win this game, I think that gives the Buccaneers even more confidence moving forward. And if the Bucs make the playoffs this season, I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to don't want to keep Todd Bowles. You may even still be able to finagle a way out of him, even if you make the playoffs and lose. But for Baker Mayfield's sake, if they make the playoffs this season for the Buccaneers and it's going to start this week against the 49ers, you have to win this game. If you make the playoffs and you're Baker Mayfield, the Buccaneers do not have a top 15 pick in next year's draft. They have a top 16, a top 18 pick if they're the first team out of the playoffs. So this could mean a victory on Sunday for Mayfield. This could end up in a contract extension for him next season. And I don't think a lot of Buccaneers fans would be upset at that because he's shown that he can ball. He's a he's a good he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, obviously, I think right now he's at the bridge gap quarterback point. But he also, with a victory on Sunday and a, a berth in the playoffs for Tampa Bay, he could be that quarterback that if he becomes more consistent, a top fifteen quarterback in the league. Right now, I think he's around that area. But it, with consistency, eventually he could be a top ten. And if he could get settled into this uh, this offense with Dave Canales, and if they could form a run game. His numbers would be so much better than they are right now. The Bucs are nine games for the season. He only has five interceptions. I think at the beginning of the season, if you told um, anybody in Tampa that, any of the media, any of the fans, I think you'd be happy with what you've seen out of Baker Mayfield this season and a victory on Sunday against a very good 49ers team, regardless of if they've won four, if they've lost four of the last five games, if you're the 49ers. And the same thing with the Bucs. Two struggling teams that both picked up big wins last Sunday. The 49ers a lot bigger than the Buccaneers. They put up 35 points and only gave up three. It's going to be a tall task for Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, but if he can have a game and and make this manageable and maybe even win the game against a top NFC team, regardless of their last five games with San Francisco, this is a huge game for Baker Mayfield. We may see um, him as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback in the 2024 season as well. And if you make the playoffs with him, he ends the season with less than 10 interceptions and over 25 touchdowns. I mean, you couldn't even be upset as a Buccaneers fan. You can only see this offense grow with the talent that they have. So a huge game on Sunday for Tampa Bay and a chance to right the ship, make them 500. And I believe 500 um, this Sunday would put the Buccaneers in first place in the division, even if Atlanta were to win. I think the Saints are out of bye week this week. This is the biggest game of the season. It's unfortunate the Bucs lost last week against the Texans, but this week against San Francisco, against the 49ers, if you win this game, you're right back at the top and Baker Mayfield's right up there in negotiations for a contract extension, probably on Monday morning after the victory. Yeah, and obviously you talk about the week prior, they did fall short to the Texans, bounce back with a win this past weekend over the Titans. Now they look forward to San Francisco on the road. 4.05 kickoff, which also adds more to the uh, the situation, more to what's going on here because, you know, you talk about the time difference and having to get accommodated and, um, you know, playing on the road in a very hostile environment there at Levi Stadium. So it will be interesting to see how this all shakes out. The Bucks. You know, I, I think that they first and foremost have a challenge with their coach in this game against head coach of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. I think right off the bat, you're outnumbered, you're outbeat in terms of, you know, head coach capabilities and, and what they're able to do. And yeah, Kyle Shanahan did not win the big game with the Atlanta Falcons as the offensive coordinator a few years ago, but he got them to the dance. San Francisco has been practically to the dance and they've been there. They haven't won yet, but they've been there. They've been deep in the playoffs. So this is a team that's been experienced over the last couple of years and a team that really plays fundamentally sound football. And then they added Chase Young at the trade deadline a few weeks ago, who looks like he might have a revamp of his career, which is crazy to say he's been battling injuries throughout his young NFL career. But here he is. And you know what? He goes against a very weak interior offensive line. 
The outside has been pretty decent for the Bucs. I believe Pro Football Focus has them inside the top 12 now overall. But that interior, starting with Robert Hainsey, Cody Malk, not been too hot. And then uh, Aaron Stinney got beat this past week a few times against Tennessee with Simmons, understandably so. But, you know, it could be a field day. It comes down to Baker Mayfield protecting the football, and I know that's so cliche, and also trying to establish a rushing attack. And you know what? If you can't actually run the football, little quick passes out of the backfield to Rashad White have been a proven supplement to replace that. And it's working. We saw Rashad White take it, what, 43 yards of the house. I, I think according to next-gen stats, he had a 5% chance of doing so when he caught that ball and took it the distance for a touchdown. So, And on top of that, you look at the Bucks. You know, Baker threw an interception. You're probably looking at at least three more points there on that drive if he didn't throw that pick, if not converting that first down and eventually scoring a touchdown. Bucks defense has looked solid all year, so it comes down to the offensive side of the ball in this one. I think they can do a good enough job defensively. Yeah, they're going to have their hands full, but uh, if they can apply some pressure to Brock Purdy, they've got a shot. And I know Brock Purdy, he's pretty well against uh, the blitz packages, but and he's under pressure. Um, you know, I, I think that helps the secondary and the Bucks were able to hold out Carlton Davis this past week against Tennessee. Hopefully he'll be closer to 100% this time around when he's having to play against guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk on Sunday on the road. So, you know, as you said, I like the way you put this huge game for Baker Mayfield and the Bucks potentially leads to a new contract, which that's what Baker ultimately wants. He's been careful with his words, but at this point in his career, he's bounced around from team to team. He wants to solidify himself with the team in the NFL and prove that he's still a starting quarterback. And if it's not in Tampa Bay, if they can't pay him the money that he wants or that he desires, there are going to be teams out there that look at what he's done so far this year and think, hey, we'd pay that guy more than the Bucs just offered. Yeah, and right now he's trying to become what Geno Smith did last year with the Seattle Seahawks and this year. Having another good season there in Seattle, they've, they've got a good spot um, in that NFC West battling with the 49ers for first place right now. And again, if you, if you look at the Buccaneers team on offense, the weakness is the interior part of the offensive line. And if you're the Bucs and you find out that Baker Mayfield is your guy moving forward, in the draft, you can, you can finally get a stud inside off, um, offensive lineman that you need. The Bucs run game would finally open up. And I know that us as Bucs fans and a lot of people on Twitter and in the Bucs media get tired of, the, of Tampa Bay running the football when they know they can't do it. But you got to think of it in this way, is that Baker Mayfield coming into this season was one of the best quarterbacks statistically um, in his career since 2018 at running the play action. Anytime he could get on the rollout, running out play action passes, it works out for a guy like Baker Mayfield who can't see well over the offensive line. And right now you're seeing that in Denver with the with the uh, with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. If the Bucks could establish a run game and get that play action going, which would be the case next year because you would definitely draft offensive line in the first round for Tampa if you don't draft a quarterback. I mean, that'd be a huge part of, of Tampa Bay being a, a better team next season. And again, me as a fan, I never wish for the Buccaneers to lose a game. And right now, you've still got a chance to make the playoffs. And that win last Sunday, although it was against a poor team, was huge. And it's going to be good watching the rest of the season. It's going to be fun to see if Todd Bowles can make changes as a defensive coordinator. And that's really all he's got to worry about. And the same thing goes with Dave Canales. Because we've seen Trey Palmer get open on all these schemes over and over again this season. And Mayfield hasn't been able to hit him just yet. But once that connection cooks up, I think this Buccaneers offense goes and scores seven extra points per game. Uh, because I think that guy's going to be a very good receiver in the NFL, especially as a number three. And again, this Buccaneers offense is only going to continue to evolve. And I think last last week we saw a lot of strides with the defense playing more man coverage against one of the best receivers in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins. So 
it's going to come down to if this Buccaneers coaching staff can grow and if Baker Mayfield can hit uh, the rookie number 10, Trey Palmer, for Tampa Bay, and if maybe they can get that run game going. Uh, this team could be in the playoffs. Obviously, I don't think they're gonna they're they're a team that's gonna be sniffing uh, the Super Bowl, but they could. I mean, if if this team gets to go and even beat a wild card team in the NFC, because the NFC is not even near as strong as the as the AFC this season. And uh, if the Bucks can get that going, it'd be interesting to see what the changes would be next year for Tampa. Would they keep Canals? Would you keep Todd Bowles? Hopefully, you keep Baker Mayfield. Hopefully, he has a good rest of the season. But at the same time, regardless, I think the Buccaneers are one of the most fun teams to watch right now because. It's either this team's going to stick together and they're going to be, uh, uh, they're going to build on what they have right now, or next year it's a just complete different team and the Bucks are in rebuild mode. So that's a team to watch, even if you're not a Buccaneers fan watching this podcast. It'll be fun to see how they do on Sunday against San Francisco and how they do moving forward in the 2023 season. Yeah, San Francisco coming off a huge uh, victory as you talked about a few moments ago uh, against Jacksonville and the Jaguars and made Trevor Lawrence look silly. He was struggling, but. I uh, want to take a look at our uh, NFL pigskin pick them here as we pick this week. Week 11's game, Spence, already here to week 11 as, uh, you know, Thursday night will be November 16th, just about a week. Yeah, exactly a week away from Thanksgiving, which is crazy. Uh, very much looking forward to Turkey Day and obviously the NFL games that will be on as well. But Cincinnati, they'll take on the Baltimore Ravens Thursday night football this week, Spence. The Ravens three and a half point home favorites over Joe Burrow and company. Yeah, both teams looking for a bounce-back victory. I predicted both those games right last week, I believe, with the Ravens losing to the Cleveland Browns and the Texans somehow beating uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, which was pretty impressive, a big victory for them. So both those teams looking for a bounce-back victory. In this game, I'm going to take Baltimore, though. I do believe that they are the better team in this matchup, and I think Lamar Jackson last week is kind of upset that he lost to Deshaun Watson and the Browns, and uh, I think they'll be they'll bounce back a little better than what we see out of Cincinnati on Thursday. Yeah, I'm also with you there. They're seven and three talking about the Ravens. They're at home once again, which we know how dangerous it is there in Baltimore. And those crowd or that crowd is insane. So uh I think they're gonna prevail over the Ravens hand. The Ravens, their yeah. sorry, the Bengals, their fifth loss of the season. Dangerous and, people on the field and a dangerous city. Yeah, I mean it's not the safest spot, that's for sure. Uh you hear about logic. He grew up in that area, it was crazy. Uh we'll save for the Bucks. Uh, we'll save the Bucks game. For last and Sunday's game, the Tennessee Titans take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Six oh, or sorry, six and a half point favorite are the home team Jags. Yeah, Jags by over six and a half in that one easily. I'm going to go with the Jags as well. Bounce back win here for Trevor Lawrence and company. They got to figure it out. I saw a stat comparing Baker Mayfield to Trevor Lawrence earlier this week, and Mayfield's got better stats right now. So looking here, continuing with the one o'clock games on Sunday. The Los Angeles Chargers play the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. The Packers, home point dogs, three-point dogs to the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. I like what I saw out of them last week against the Detroit Lions. They ultimately lost the game, but I think that offense is so good, but the defense is just disgusting to watch. Uh, giving up 38 points to Detroit. Obviously, Detroit's a good offensive power, but I, I mean, I'm still going to take the Chargers in this game, but they're not going to go anywhere this season, and I think it comes down to whoever they have a defensive coordinator or whatever they're doing defensively as a team. But give me the Chargers um, over three points against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I'll take the Chargers with the spread on the road there in Green Bay on Sunday. The New York Giants, this is an ugly game here. Giants at Commanders, one o'clock kickoff. Commanders, nine and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, I think this is the only time this season you're going to see the Commanders close to a 10-point favorite against anybody. And I think against anybody over the last two or three years for the commanders before they were changed from the, from the Redskins. But 
Give me the commanders, and I know it's tough to say in the NFL, but definitely plus nine and a half against those Giants. I, I mean, that's a team obviously in tank mode with DeVito at quarterback. They've got nothing going for them whatsoever. I'm going to take the Giants to do a backdoor cover. Commanders win, but I don't know if it's by uh, 10, 10 points or so. The Las Vegas Raiders take on the Dolphins in Miami. The Dolphins' big favorite, 12-point favorites at home. Yeah, the Raiders riding high on their uh, interim coach, Pierce. It'll be interesting to see if they can if they can compete against one of these top dogs like the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins do beat up on teams that aren't above 500. The Raiders have snuck their way back in. They're 5-5. Five and five. They need a victory this week, though, because it's Kansas City next week for them. They can easily fall to 5-7. and seven. Uh, What was the, the spread in that game? Yeah, 12 points, Dolphins. I'm going to have to go with the Dolphins' victory, but the Raiders are not going to lose by 12 points with their interim head coach, Pierce. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Devontae Adams finally getting utilized. He looks really good. He's energetic. He's excited uh, about the season. I'm going to take the Raiders with the backdoor cover. Dolphins win at home. The Cardinals take on the Texans in Houston. Kyler Murray is back, and the Cardinals are four-point underdogs on the road. I'm going to take the Texans in this game. I think it's going to be a good quarterback battle. Uh, Kyler Murray looked really good in his first game back against the Falcons. A big victory for Cardinals and a big victory for Bucks fans watching the Atlanta Falcons lose on Sunday. So in this game, I'm still going to go with C.J. Stroud right in the hot hand. I mean, in, in, in talks right now for the actual MVP of the year, yeah. rookie of the year, just an incredible rookie season out of him. One of the best we've ever seen. So I'm going to continue to ride high on the Texans wave. As you should. I also rock with you there, Spence. C.J. Stroud is insane. He's making the Panthers look like they made the wrong decision. It is still early, and you know, obviously he's got a better situation than uh, Bryce Young has in Carolina. I'm going to take the Texans to win. Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions. The Lions, nine-and-a-half-point favorites there in the Motor City. Yeah, another game where I'm going to take over nine and a half. I'm going to take the Lions in that one easily. I'm going to rock with you there, too. I think the Bears are too banged up. Terrible head coach, Matt Eberflus. He's going to be the first or one of the first to go. He bought himself another week with a win over Carolina this past week. The Pittsburgh Steelers play in Cleveland against the Browns. The Browns, three and a half point favorites over Mike Tomlin and co. Yeah, back-to-back tough games for Cleveland going up against AFC North teams. Somehow the Steelers are six and three. The Browns are right there with them. It's a crazy division, the AFC North, a, a division that should not be as good as, as it is in terms of wins. I'm going to have to go with Cleveland in this matchup because I believe the Browns uh, lost the first one against the Steelers. So give me give me the Cleveland Browns in this game. I think Watson is finally finding something other than a masseuse uh, this season. So <laughs> he a good second half for him last week. He completed every single pass. They won the game, came back versus a great Baltimore Ravens team. So I'm going to take the Browns in that one. I'm going to rock with the Browns, too, simply because they are the home team, and I think they're playing motivated football right now. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Panthers and Charlotte, the visiting Dallas Cowboys, 10.5-point favorites there on the road. Uh, I mean, a lot of crazy spreads this week, a lot of bad games. I'm going to have to take the Cowboys in this one, and the the Panthers don't have a first-round pick next season, so they're not trying to tank, but they just have nothing going for them. Bryce Young is is trying to grow as a, as a player, but again, the team sucks. It's going to be tough for a guy that's five foot nine at the most to see over an offensive line in the NFL and play with these receivers that he can't throw up 50-50 balls to. Give me the Cowboys in that game by over 10 points. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win the game, but I'm going to take Carolina. This one's for Steven. I'm taking Carolina to backdoor cover, and they might lose by like nine, something like that. Seattle Seahawks at the Rams. The Rams one-point underdogs against the Seattle team. Yeah, I'm going to take Seattle in this game as well. I just don't think that that game, obviously it's an NFC NFC, uh, West game, so it is going to be 
a little bit of a battle between those two, but I'm taking Seattle in that one by over the one point um, in that game. I'm going to take Seattle as well. And yeah, you know what? At least a field goal victory on the road over the Rams. Uh, 425 kickoff Jets at Bills. The Bills seven-point favorites at home, even though they're coming off of a disrespectful loss against Denver on Monday night. Yeah, seven points is a lot for for the Buffalo Bills. I'm, I'm still going to take Buffalo in this game. I don't think it's going to be by seven, and it could. I could even take the New York Jets and feel good about it, but I'm going to go with Buffalo. They need a victory. You can't lose to the Jets before you go on that even more difficult stretch. Luckily, the Jets haven't scored an offensive touchdown in 18 quarters, so give me, give me the uh, Buffalo Bills in that one. I'm taking the Bills as well. Bounce back game, new OC, new play caller, and I think they're going to go and cover that spread. They're going to win by more than seven. Uh, also Sunday on the road, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the 49ers. Speaking of big spreads, the 49ers 11.5 point favorites. It's jumped from earlier today. It was 10.5, now 11.5 for the Niners. The fact that that's the heaviest spread of the week is kind of crazy considering the other matchups. Um, 11.5 points for the 49ers. I'm, I'm going to take the 49ers to win that game. It is in San Francisco, but I'm going to go with the Buccaneers to not be beat by 11.5 points. Hopefully we see something good out of them. And maybe even a victory as a Bucks fan. We're hoping for that. But again, we saw what happened last year with Brady. I'm not sure it's going to get any any better in this one uh, with Baker Mayfield. But again, in that game, the Bucks didn't have Winfield. They didn't have Tristan Wirfs, and they didn't have a couple other key pieces. They didn't have Godwin either. This game, you have all three of those. You don't have Brady. Brady wasn't great last year, but still, you're gonna. I'm still gonna have to take the San Francisco 49ers in that one. But they're not going to beat the Bucks by 11 and a half. I hope. I am going to take the 49ers and. I think that they score, they're going to win by two touchdowns. It might be close at some point, and the scoreboard might not reflect the game itself, but I think the 49ers will win by two tutties. And then Sunday night football, Minnesota Vikings at Denver Broncos. The Broncos, two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Denver Broncos versus the Vikings? Yes, and Denver. That's a tough game. Joshua Dobbs, the astronaut, versus Russell Wilson, who's having a great game. Our great season in Denver. Uh, we've seen two back-to-back big victories for the Vikings. Um, I'm going to take the, the Denver Broncos in this game to get to 500 on the season. I think the Vikings have just won too many games in a yeah. row. Uh, a lot of luck for them. But again, I mean, their quarterbacks look great ever since Kirk Cousins has gone down. Joshua Dobbs has done a great job in replacement. But I'm still going to take the Broncos in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think three weeks ago we were looking at this game and just saying this is going to be a terrible, another terrible primetime game. It still might be, but I'm going to take the Broncos in this one over the Joshua Dobbs uh, mania-led Vikings. <laughs> well, I mean, Josh Dobbs, he's been phenomenal. What a story that guy is. Uh, Ronnie Lane, obviously a WDAE, a huge Tennessee Volunteers fan, loves Josh Dobbs. He's freaking out over what he's seeing so far uh, with the Viking quarterback. Man, I, I don't know. I feel like the Magic has to run out at some point, and that was a huge win for Denver on Monday Night Football over the Bills. Now Denver back at home. Yeah, I got to go with Denver handing the Vikings a loss, handing Josh Dobbs his first loss. Now Monday Night Football to round out Week 11, Spence. The Philadelphia Eagles at Kansas City Chiefs. This is what we love right here. The Chiefs' three-point favorites over the Eagles. Eagles-Chiefs, Monday Night Football. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl and this season I don't think it's going to be the same result. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. Obviously, Jalen Hurts has also had a lot of turnovers this season, but again, the Chiefs wide receiving core is is, is tough to watch sometimes, and I was thinking that they would really go out there and try and do something about that. They did in the draft. They got uh, a rookie wide receiver in Rashi Rice. He's had a decent season, but again, the drops have been crazy for the Chiefs. 
I'm going to take Philadelphia in this game. I think that their run game is, is just so good. The tush push is, is the best weapon in football right now. And I like what I see out of Jalen Hurts, and he's had a week to recover. He's obviously been dealing with an injury this season. So give me the Philadelphia Eagles coming out of a bye week. The Chiefs have, have also came out of a bye week. They didn't have the same injuries, but I'm going to take Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts in this one. A big victory for them, and I'm going to go with the three points. I'm still going to say three points right at three points. You said the spread was what? Three on the dot. Yeah, I got. I, I just got to go with that exact three-point win for the Philadelphia So here's my, here's my dilemma. If – Taylor Swift is in attendance there at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs win. I don't think they covered the spread, but the Chiefs win. If Taylor Swift is not there, the Eagles win, and they're going to win by three or more. So that I know I can't pick two, but I'm picking two. I need to know if Taylor Swift is there. So that rounds out uh, NFL picks can pick them. I don't know, man. I think this Taylor Swift karma is, is for real, man. Yeah, and uh, it couldn't it couldn't dirty. I kind of hope it does. I want to hear whatever song uh Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey I, I kind of I'm not hoping for a fairy tale ending between these two I don't think anybody really is besides Taylor Swift fans even Travis Kelsey fans and Chiefs fans are kind of tired of this by now luckily Joshua Dobbs has finally got the NFL to change their header on Twitter from Taylor Swift so that's a big win and uh, if the Chiefs lose on on Monday night and Taylor Swift isn't in attendance we may hear some rumors that that breakup could be coming soon I'm sure a new song will on the way instantly yeah no i mean you're absolutely right hopefully that's not the case i'm hoping that it works out for them because they they look happy it's crazy to say i thought it was all fad but it, i think it, i think it's for real so uh that will do it for another edition of tcm pod make sure to follow like subscribe comment down below at tcm underscore pod on all social media check out spencer on social media at l savage spench spench l savage spence check us out and then also follow me as well at the chris mathis we appreciate you